0: Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super-fast three-player online poker set-and-go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.
1: Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 117 on the onehour.com podcast, sponsored by America'sCardRoom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts or banners on the oneouter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on the oneouter.com website and via iTunes for free. Just search One Outer Podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then email questions at oneouter.com, or you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, still in Prague, we are doing the last show of 2016, we are recording this one on the 27th of December, so just give us a uh, catch-up from last time, how's Prague going, how was your Christmas, any last tournament, bits and pieces, etc.
0: Oh my god, dude, it'd be impossible to probably- talk. This has been, like, the longest and one of the best months of my life here in Prague. It just, like, every day is so packed with stuff to do. It's essentially when you're, like, you're planning a trip abroad, when you're an American, you're young. You kind of picture this is how it's going to be, but it's taken me 10 years how to figure out how to do that. So, yeah, it's been it's been, it's been amazing. Uh, poker tournaments, uh, not, not really a whole lot going on. You know, I played the live ones. I made a profit. I'm trying right now – it's a real pain in the ass trying to get money on, like, Skrill or something or PayPal uh, to pay people out, you know, or pay uh, poker stars. But uh, I just found a way I could do it when I get back home to Costa Rica, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, no, man, I've been I'm been chilling. Uh, you know, went to the hardware store. I don't know if I told you all this in the last episode, but, yeah, I got the tree. We bought lights. We put ornaments on it. I even got a, I even got a nativity scene, like a Prague castle that somebody uh-huh. built. And like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm not, I don't even know how I'm going to get half this crap home, uh, especially <laughs> the tree, you know, but, uh, it's, uh, I, it, I, I spent probably more money than I should have, but it's all worth it at the end because my sister got to be here and that, that was pretty special because I, I did. You know, uh, poker and just circumstance kind of led me from the States uh, when I was a teenager, actually. I think I was 19 when I first left the States and like for an extended period of time. And uh, I haven't been able to see my sister a lot over the last 10 years. So it was real cool to have her here for like seven days. And, you know, we saw Prague Castle and we saw the Charles Bridge. And, uh, you know, we had Christmas dinner on the water. You know, all that stuff, all that cheesy stuff you're supposed to do, but nobody ever does. This time I was just like, well, I'm going to do it like as cheesy as it gets. It's going to get, it's going to happen. Right. Mm. And I think that's kind of the magic of Christmas. You know, you're not really in the mood for it. You you know what I'm saying? But there's a, sorry, I've been told by a, by someone now, I say, you know what I'm saying too much, or you know what I mean? So I gotta, I gotta, (laughs) I gotta try to, (laughs) my English is so bad sometimes, but yeah, there, no, it's, like the day we went to go out to get the Christmas tree, I was in no mood, right? I was just, I had just lost the tournament and I was exhausted. And when I was younger, I just thought, well, the key right now is just to lay around on my couch and, you know, do whatever, smoke pot or drink or whatever it was back in the day, right? Um, this time I was like, I'm getting in that t- Uber. I'm going to this hardware store. I'm going to look like a dumbass when I ask for things because I have no idea how to say any of this in check. And I'm going to come back here with a Christmas tree. And that's what I did. And, you know, I put it up in the stand. I watered it. Uh, I just realized I haven't watered it in a couple of days. So hopefully I remember that. But, uh, yeah, I I have an apartment in Prague that I rented for Christmas. And I have a tree standing up in it. And I had my whole family here. So I really uh, – I, I can't complain at all. Like, life is amazing. The, the only – It was really funny because we were all reading on Christmas Day and like I couldn't stop talking because I couldn't believe how amazing that was because reading was a big part of my family life growing up. And it's been so long since uh, myself, my sister and my mother have just been in the same room reading and once in a while uh, talking. And I kind of forgot the etiquette that you're supposed to like shut up when other people are reading. But it was I was just so excited they were there, and, you know, I kind of look back, and I haven't had a lot of time to, like, read here, or, you know, I haven't been able to watch football, uh, <laughs> which is usually my go-to, and, I mean, there's a lot of things I haven't been able to do that's, like, normal day-to-day stuff, and everything's been really rushed, uh, trying mm. to do a lot of things, but it, it, it was literally just the greatest ride, you know, everything. Uh, I'm so happy I came. This really helps me have purpose for my work as well, because a lot of times I was working – And it was kind of like, what is this going to be for? You know, and I I just kind of, you know, uh, you just kind of hit some bad uh, stretches where it feels like you're paying for nothing. You know what I mean? You get the house and you think like, that's the house. I got the house and that's fine, right? Well, there's a problem with the retention wall and there's a problem with the garage and there's a problem. And you can't get mad at the old owners because you have somebody out there and they're like, oh, yeah, this just popped up. You know, they were like, this isn't anybody's fault. You know, that's like, that starts adding up, you know what I mean? A thousand here, two thousand here, da 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 da. da. And mm-hmm. you just end up feeling like you're spending your money on nothing. Whereas, like, obviously taking the whole family out from Seattle to Prague, you can look at it on a globe and you can estimate uh, the ticket prices. I mean, it's obviously not cheap, but, you know, I got some good deals. I got some good deals on the flat. I got some good deals on the tickets. Uh, things are cheap here. Every time I go to the store and get groceries, I always think they accidentally didn't run a few things because everything's so cheap. And, uh, you know, when I came up with the plan of I'm going to take my family to Prague, it was, I was in the midst of my divorce and I was like broke and like rapidly going to debt into debt. But, uh, I just didn't accept that. I said my whole family and I are going to be celebrating Christmas in Prague. I don't know how this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of The Secret or any of that crap, but there's there's a real shift between, you know, uh, there there's a difference between I'm going to try to get off of drugs and I'm going to get off of drugs. You know what I mean? There's a big shift between I'm going to try to get my family to some nice locale uh, for Christmas between that and my family will be in Prague in an apartment for Christmas. That was my goal and I made it happen and it made me feel really good. I got to be really close to my family. It's been one of the greatest experiences in my life, exactly what I needed coming out of the divorce. Uh, I feel amazing. And yeah, I just, uh, now with my work, I'm really happy. I had to come, I had a lot of problems with my internet but I came back to work today uh, for a few things, and I, I just felt way more motivated because it's like, well, what, why don't we do this again? You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be in Prague. It could be somewhere in the United States. You know, it can be a lot of cheap places, and it's just, uh, it, if you, I, I could wax poetic about this forever, but if you guys want to read a book just about this general philosophy of life, which I find is really refreshing, it, there's a book called Vagabonding. It's a very short book. Tim Ferriss ceaselessly brings it up, uh, which kind of makes me like it less, but it's really like, if you listen to the audiobook, it's one of the few audiobooks I think is better than the written version. Cause the guy is such a calm person and clearly practice what practices what he preaches. And he just talks about the philosophy of around seeing different places, trying to spend time with people and trying to direct your money to that more experiential learning than as opposed to, you know, just acquiring possessions and why he prefers that. And it's a very, very modest, very lovable book. And I, I I really, I, I thought the thing with experiences is you, you know, they're with you forever. It's just like an education. You know, if you spend money on an education, presumably that nobody can ever take that from you. Right. You know, barring a head injury. Uh, but, uh, it's the same thing with experiences and experiential learning. and I, Yeah, I think that was something really special, and I, I feel really blessed to have experienced that.
1: Yeah, can you believe I've still never read that book? Mm.
0: Yeah, it's about 9,000 words. You'd have a tough time with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good book, hey. but I know what you mean. With Tim Ferriss, sometimes it's like there there's just this kind of like hyper-optimism, which I feel is a little bit for working people is kind of disingenuous, you know what I mean? And you kind of just get sick of it at some point where it's like, we yeah. can do everything at any time. And it's like, well, no, like people have data. I have one of the best jobs of anybody I know. And I still have to work my ass off all the time. I'm yeah. working hundred hour weeks before I came out here to make this happen. And it's like, and I know Tim Ferriss has nothing uh, against like hard work, but I don't feel like that part is embraced enough in his work, which to be fair to me, I think I embrace like hard work conquers all way too much. Than, yeah, you know the fun parts of life. It, it's it's,
1: it's fine in the middle ground. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. He, it's fine in the middle. He is a bit like. You know, well, you should just be getting a virtual assistant, a VA, as he always bangs on about. Yeah. And, like, sometimes that just doesn't, no matter what you do or how good they are, you can't translate it. You've got to put in the hours. You've got to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I I have
0: had more personal assistants than probably anyone in poker. I've had very good ones. I've had very bad ones. uh, Everything in between. It was probably worth the money, but it doesn't help a ton if you don't have a really good system. And my system was actually pretty poor. And it, just taking that advice, get a virtual assistant, was actually pretty damaging to me in a few times because what I really needed to look at was my methodology for running my business. And instead I was just throwing this crutch. Instead of asking why do I respond to hundreds of emails per day, and hiring somebody full time to answer all of them, I should. It, 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 I should have. Excuse me, I messed up my sentence. I should have been asking myself, why do we answer all these emails as opposed to handling as as opposed to hiring somebody who handled all of them? Okay, there we go. I speak English. Yeah. I believe I can. I believe I can. But yeah. Anyway, no, it's uh, it it it's interesting. That that's always kind of why. Uh, people do the like, why do you share things on like Facebook and why do you share things on, you know, in your blog and stuff like that? It's like, the <laughs> when you, a guy like Tim Ferriss succeeds, you know, they always try, everybody does this thing in the States. Like, Oh, I'm from a, I'm from a normal family. You know what I mean? Very humble, very humble beginnings. And it's like, nobody buys it anymore. You know, like they had Joe Biden on this car show. Joe Biden's the vice president right now in the United States. And, he was like, you know, uh, my family, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but uh, my dad uh, ran an Audi dealership, or like he ran like a he ran like a sports car dealership, right? And he got me a fully loaded uh, car for my eighteenth Oh no, for my marriage, right? And it's like, well, well, hold on, buddy. Now you either got money or you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that doesn't sound like you didn't have money. So don't try to identify with me. That's really offensive. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't fathom a car when I was growing up. I was lucky to have bus fare. And you're going to tell me, oh, I understand what you're going through. I've had it tough as well. You know what I mean? It's a- it
1: reminds me of, I remember Kiefer Sutherland uh, getting roasted on one of these you know, celebrity yeah. roastings. <laughs> and uh, the guy was like, yeah, you know, Kiefer had a really tough time growing up in Hollywood before he made it as an actor. He used to sleep in the back of his car. But what he didn't tell people was the back of the car was parked on the drive of his father's mansion. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it was like, you know. Yeah, and, know so
0: and by the way, I know everybody's got problems. I've met rich people with way more problems than I could ever fathom. You know what I mean? It's just, oh God, there I go. You, you know what I mean? But yeah, if there's a, a I, I've met rich people with more problems than I could ever imagine. But I believe that's the problem with, like, a Josh Whiteskin, other than the fact his last name sounds like Whiteskin, or, like, a Josh Whiteskin or, like, Tim Ferriss. is like, you, you think these people grew up in privilege, and that's how they got to be to their accelerated state. And I really just want to show people, you know, I, I, I was from much, much more humble beginnings than a lot of these people. Obviously, being born in America as a white male is not that bad, but certainly – had to get a bit more of a running start from a younger age than most people. I had to start working at 14 and all that. And I just want to show people it's possible. You, it, that's that's uh, that's generally, uh, it, you know, it's not really, it, it's for myself as well. I want the memories and everything because I forget my, my mother and sister were like, Alex, do you remember Thomas? And I was like, who's Thomas? Thomas the dog. And I was like, what? And I, I, we took care of this dog when I was a kid from my grandfather for uh probably what was it months mom did we take care of that dog yeah yeah we took care of that dog for months every day i saw this dog i have zero recollection of this dog right and you just realize things get lost if you don't write them down you know if you don't take a picture write them down talk about them on a podcast it's just gone and that's really sad because you only get one life all right i've waxed poetic enough let's save some babies let's save some people yeah. Some
1: stuff should stay gone though as well. Yeah. <laughs> I do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Um, right. Let's get into the questions now. This one is from Richard. I've been playing cash poker for the last year online. I just don't have the time or will really for tournaments these days. But I do think I'm plus EV in many online NTTs. What would you advise for myself to add a few tournaments in now and then? Big majors or play some live, or play some big live games. What would my cash game skills? Sorry, I can't speak English now. And what would my cash? What would my cash game skills transfer best to? And what sort of buy-ins? I play 200 NL and I'm a winner over the last year. Thanks.
0: Now, my middle name's Mackenzie, and it's a family name. Maybe if you start speaking to me in Gaelic, like, I'll have a flashback, and I'll start. Uh, We'll be able to converse. You think we can?
1: Well, I can't speak any Gaelic. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my
0: God, dude. That's okay. But, yeah, anyway, we're both from the Queen's colonies. One of us got away. The other didn't. Uh, But, yeah, yeah. (laughs) anyway, uh, (laughs) Barry's getting real touchy now. He doesn't like this subject. No, it's fine. No, 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 no. We won't bring it up. We won't bring it up. No, no. No, no. Anyhow, the less said about this topic, the better. Now, anyhow, uh, yeah, you know, it's really funny. Your position, I was in, like, at, oh, I think I was, like, 20 years old. I started playing a lot of 200NL, and I, I didn't have, like, a ton of success, but I started making decent money and paying my bills. And, you know, at that time, I didn't know if there were actually real poker players. There wasn't a whole lot of literature on the subject. So just being able to pay my rent every month and then a few months into the future, you know, that was something I wasn't trying to give up. And but eventually at some point I realized, you know, I don't really have an innate talent when it comes to cash games. Like there, I had friends who play cash games and they just have a sixth sense, Right. However, in tournaments, I did find, I I wouldn't describe myself as having an innate talent as well, but I I, I do feel like I adjust a lot better to changing tournament situations than most people after, actually back then I was probably blowing smoke up my own ass because that's still something I've been trying to learn. But what I would do is on Sundays, I would uh, just boot up a couple tournaments, you know, Typically, majors, typically the smallest buy in I could play and still get a little charge out of. So, like when I was playing 200 and L, everybody's like, well, you should boot up the Sunday million. Well, I see that if you're just okay with like running away with a buy in. Uh, but at the same time, like one buy in in cash games, essentially trying to make one buy in or two a day is your goal. And if you don't feel you're that confident in tournaments and you're just essentially salvaging a buy in, When it comes to tournaments, you're you're really putting yourself in this best, not in a great state. So I think it's much more fun to just put like the big 55 or something like that, because that's still a big, that's a ton of money at the end. Uh, What I like to do on America's card room is boot up a few of those $50 tournaments because they're small fields. Uh, The structures are really good. Uh, There are a few more talented players than there used to be on there. But I think if you work hard enough, you can get through them. Uh, and the great thing about those games that took me a long time to learn is there's a lot of players that are just having fun, that are gambling. They'll, they'll they'll dump $350 into the prize pool. They'll just keep rebuying with eight buy-ins and throwing it off, right? And if you just, you know, you should rebuy if you get like 50, 40 big blinds, 30 if you think you really like, if you really like the cut of your own jib, go ahead and play uh with 30 big blinds, but typically only buy in when you can get 40 to 50 big blinds. the tables aren't that tough. And I just love those because you're just getting final tables all the time, you know, and you're playing. And that's really what you need in tournaments is because let's all be honest, we play tournaments for the chance to win an APT or a WPT or whatever it is. Right. And the only way you're going to do that is get a ton of cheap final table experience. You know, you, you, You want to play for something that gives you a little bit of a charge, but doesn't freak you out too much. And a lot of those $50 buy-ins have, you know, one or two K for first, and that's definitely decent money, you know. But at the same time, if you if you don't win $2,000, it's not like your life is over. Whereas when I was younger, you know, I got a backer who he wanted to make more money, so he put me in more majors. And what happened was. I didn't get a whole lot of final table experience because I kept flaming out in the middle stages. And then when I got to the Sunday Million final table, I had no idea what I was doing. And I I really did screw up a number of – I had the chip lead at my Sunday Million final table, and I just screwed up decision after decision. I didn't make adjustments that would have been really critical for a final table. And I paid the price. I finished fifth. And it was a great learning experience, but I think I could have gotten that learning experience for much cheaper by just booting up a few – tables while i was playing cash games and just turning off all my cash tables too and focusing when i get to the final 27 i think is a really good skill it's not the hours you put in it's what you put in the hours and i think you should record yourself from 27 on down and just explain your thought process through every hand not just the hands you play but also well i'm watching this and this guy did this and this guy did this and he has this stat so i'm going to really try to exploit that when it comes up and i think he has this hand if you put in this level of work it sounds like if you were reading a book about a poker player you'd be like wow this guy's gonna make it right here's the thing that doesn't take any innate talent it's not like doing a deadlift uh that you have to work at for a very long time it's just something you can force yourself to do become the nerd in the class and record your sessions there's like there's thirty dollar video recorders right now on the internet that you can use with your laptop or PC. I'd sound much smarter if I could remember what the $30 model is, but I can't seem to remember. And you record it for, you record it. And then when you have a day where you can't play a full session, you just watch that for an hour. And I would take notes, but you don't even have to take notes. You can just look and go, you know, what, what the hell did I do wrong here? And don't get discouraged if you're not finding a ton of things, but if you do find one thing where it's like, oh, I didn't see this, that's great, because the next time it comes up, you're going to see it, and that's how essentially I've gotten a lot of really complex uh, poker strategies through my fixed goal over the years, and yeah, I, I, I think you have a good shot if you're already doing well at cash, so good luck to you, hope this helps.
1: Okay, just to pick up on that, you also said, like, what would my cash game skills transfer best
0: to? Oh yeah, good. Thank you for reminding me of that. Great question. Uh, I think, I think uh, the way I always thought about tournaments in terms of skills that come to cash get, come from cash games is essentially you take them to the river and drown them. And there's a lot of times you can do that because poker tournament players, I cannot see bet in triple barrel. When I play cash on a lot of these boards, because uh, it, because people are going to pick me off, people are going to start seeing my c bet's like eighty percent, my turn bet's sixty percent, my river bet's fifty percent. They're just going to start hitting the call button with second pair. That is not as likely to happen in tournaments where a lot of guys are not put to a decision on the river. So, if in cash games, I think you should drop down in stakes in order to do this. Uh, but if you're playing, say, your normal games like 200 NL, I think you should play a session with 50 NL or 100 NL where you really try to work on triple barrels. You can even go down to 25 NL if you're worried about the expense. There's a lot of people that take 25 NL very seriously. You just need – if you have somebody playing those stakes, you just need to ask somebody, you know, who are the regulars here or what are their tendencies, and you just try to work on them. And that was some way I got – I did a number – in my WPT final table, definitely what I felt like put me ahead was my tri- – I, I did do a triple-barrel bluff, an all-in bluff. It did work. Uh, I did do another triple-barrel bluff. That didn't work, although the guy time-banked you know the entire level. So I, I guess – I knew he didn't have much of a hand. I mean, he picked me off. That's fine. That happens. But most of my bluffs went through. Uh, I, felt, I felt like 70 80% of my check-raised bluffs, my donk-lead bluffs, they went through. And it was just a lot of really good time in with the boards and the player tendencies. But that's not like something I actively thought of at the time. I was like, oh, he likes to do this. So he likes to do that. It was the first times I did it five years ago, six years ago, I go, uh, okay, I think I should do this. Crap. Uh, didn't work. Okay. Why didn't it work? Uh, I think I should do this. God, it didn't work. Crap. And then... Okay, it did work this time. Okay, was it a good idea? Put it into the you know the EV calculator. Oh no, no, this is a horrible play. I actually got really lucky, and it was just a whole lot of doing that until I found out what worked and what didn't. And then, lo and behold, I've been telling you guys on this podcast all these years. I mean, especially this last year. You know, I final, I, I almost final table the 5K in the PCA, and I had no idea how I got so deep, I just kept executing little steals here and there. And that takes you really far if you work at them. And then you have to have the potential to do a triple barrel bluff. People will sense if you're comfortable doing, playing on flop, turn, and river. And the ironic thing is once you become good enough at doing triple barrels, you don't have to do them that much. A lot of people just sense, okay, if I'm going to play with this guy on the flop, he's going he's to be coming after me on turn and river. I'll just give up now. But funnily enough, if you don't really have a turn-in-river game and people can kind of see that by your discomfort on the turn-in-river, they're going to take you out there much more and you're going to struggle much much more mightily in that domain. So, yeah, work on, work on your later street play in the cash games. That will serve you well in the tournaments.
1: Okay. And the next one is an email. Uh, let me just get that for you. This is from a uh, good friend and listener dennis Pederson, who also big, big shout out to dennis as well again he's the guy that paid for the second prize of alex's book like another copy for nancy johnson and nancy did get in touch and the book is on its way dennis has sorted all that yeah, out, i wrote so. her
0: an email i was like nancy you said you were a big fan of the show we've been shouting you out for weeks what gives, <laughs> girl and then uh Dennis, is, Dennis is. Dennis invited me up to play poker in Montreal. I guess they have this place called the Playground or something. They pay for your food when you're playing. I was like, people don't realize that's forty bucks a day, times you know if you're out there playing cards for a month. Oh my yeah. God, that's twelve hundred dollars. That's like free room and board, you know. Yeah. But yeah anyway, I'm go, I'm we're gonna go out. Uh, there's no CFL games going on in Canada right now, which really depresses me. But yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try to get out into Canada. We'll see if I can meet up with all y'all in Montreal. God, my uh, uh, the way I talk. Anyway, continue.
1: Okay. Hey Barry and Alex, my question today involves playing cash on the side. I say on the side since when I go to play live poker, I go to play tournaments. But as I found out in Montreal at the last festival I was at. The cash games are just too juicy to pass up on when we have a day off <laughs> or bust or bust early from an event. My question is, how much time and effort should we put into studying or having a cash game strategy? Or should we just take our early tournament strategy to the cash games? The only different thing I looked to the cash tables, keep in mind this is for 1-2 specifically,
0: mm-hmm. was
1: Ed Miller's advice that when someone bets big on the Turner River, they've got it. They seem to be on point for the most part. Right. Congrats on a successful run in Prague and thanks for making us all a profit. Thanks, Dennis.
0: Yes sir. And I'm so by the way, uh sorry I haven't gotten you guys your money yet. Normally if it wasn't the holiday season, if I wasn't seven thousand miles from my home bank it'd be a lot faster. But yeah, uh essentially with uh, cash games, I, I, I have to be completely upfront. I haven't been playing a lot of live cash over the last few years. I, I do it when I go to Vegas. Uh, typically in Vegas, I, I there's some days I just wake up and I go, I want to play poker and there's not a poker tournament going on. So I'm going to go play cash, right? And I do love cash games. I do love, uh, but it hasn't been my source of income in a very long time. So take, it, it, you, I think you need to find Good coaches elsewhere, and I think Ed Miller is a fantastic place to start. He, he's been he's had a very solid reputation amongst professionals for a very long time. Uh, another good guy I really like. A lot of people don't like Tree Win, uh, but I, I'm not really sure why because he does work with you know guys that'll never be in my zip code, you know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. he, he puts books together that are really fun, and some of them have gone down to like 12 bucks, whereas they used to be like 7000 and people would pay them, yeah. so I don't know why you wouldn't pay for it at some point, right? you know what I mean, and just throw the guy a couple of bucks and uh, read what they have to say, but I think the myth of poker talent will really help you as well, because if you're using Cardrunner's EV or FlopZill, all that stuff is chip EV, which is exactly what uh cash games are it it just so happens uh it 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 just so happens that i discuss a lot of tournament tendencies in the book because that tends to be my specialization and that being said i think when you're playing cash games these days i don't think if i can give you some general advice i don't think you can be too tight i am dumbfounded constantly at how tight I play in any game around the world and how much action people give me when I play. This is, a, this is also personal advice because Dennis is a young-looking guy, you know? And uh, young-looking guys just don't get respect. Now, if you're 65 years old uh, and you don't play a hand for an hour and a half, it's not going to be easy to get action once you get your pocket aces uh, just because people are going to stereotype you. That's how poker works. However, if you just... If you're any of these people, if you are young, if you are female, if you are a minority, you can expect people to think you're splashing around a little bit more than you, than you are because people in general make excuses to play and No Limit them. Now, why do people generally not approach a very tight strategy? Well, because they usually see the tight guys in the card room losing their effing mind after playing for seven hours and then getting their aces cracked, and they say, hey, that's not the guy I want to be. And then they usually see some young gun who just three bets everything and seems to always be playing poker, uh, making a ton of money. The thing is, those guys are generally very streaky. Uh, when I did hang out a lot more in the card room, I, I did ha- have to, you know, generally I'd have to loan them money a little bit more often, a- as opposed to other guys. And you know, I'd, I'd start doing Italian, be like, "Did he lose a bet?" It's really easy. To just, you know, you walk into a card room two times in a month and you see the same guy with a big stack and you think, that guy knows how to play poker, (laughs) right? Whereas there's a lot of guys who just sit there and knit it up. They tend to be where I was from. They tended to be Asian immigrants. They never spoke. You never noticed them. And you just, every once in a while, you'd be like, oh, hey, he's up and buying. Oh, hey, he's up and buying. Oh, hey, he's up and buying. And then one day you realize, this guy's taking us for more than anybody, You know, it it sure looks cool and me or my grab-ass buddies are three-betting everybody and chortling and trying to triple-barrel you, but you don't see the bottom line at the end of the month, and you're, oh, my God, I had a bad session that week, (laughs) and stuff like that, you know? You don't see us, like, tallying our taxes and being like, yeah, uh, this one night didn't go that well, and – I think this is why – I hate gossip in general in life, but you should be – when you're in the card room, you should be listening to what people are saying somebody did because that's the only real way you get a tally on how much they lost or what happened. And if there's some guy who just – every time you see him cash out, seems to have a little profit and nobody really has anything to say about them, that tends to be the guy you want to mimic. And yeah, you know, try to be a personable person. By the way, this is the one-hour podcast, so you're going to be hearing my dishwasher and washing machine in the background. No construction <laughs> workers yet. It is pitch black outside, although I do expect them to start working. Uh, pro- probably going to be uh, probably going to be driving a forklift in at any point. Yeah, but, we've been lucky. Yeah, we've been lucky. It's been, it's been strange, uh, but yeah, I would ju- generally I would watch the tight guys. I would not three bet semi bluff. Uh, start going after people until you firmly establish you're a bit more of a careful person. And then I find a lot of people just throw in the call and don't really think that much afterward. And they give you, if you've been quiet for an hour or two, they give you a little more credit than they should. This tends to be what I do in live poker tournaments. I'm not really three bet bluffing until the annies kick in. If I'm three betting, it's for value, which you can do very wide now. You know, if you see a guy opening, jack seven suited under the gun by all means free bet king jack offsuit and mp1 for value that is not a bluff. uh it will make you look a little bit more aggressive but people will kind of understand while well, you were going after that guy and they're not going to assign you the loose aggressive tag just yet but if that situation doesn't arise just sit there hang out listen to people talk put your headphones in if you want to uh hang out a bit and yeah this is this was my life when I played live cash, play for six hours, play a big pot. Generally went my way. A lot of times it didn't. And, uh, I, you know, I, what I couldn't do is bemoan how unfair my life was because I waited six and a half hours for my spot and the guy got there that's, that's my job. Right. But the, here's the other thing. I couldn't go home after I busted because if I go home every time I bust, uh, it, it, it's, generally it's going to cut down on my working hours quite a bit. So what you pretty much do at that point is what Doyle Brunson and Greenstein would talk about is they're just trying to lighten the loss load. You know, if you were down three buy-ins, you try to get it down to 1.3 by the end of the night. That's a victory because once you start taking records every single day and you see, okay, buy-ins lost 1.3, 1.7, 2.8, buy-ins won 5.5, 4.1. 1.2, 0.8, 3.5, 1.2, 0.8, 3.5, and you see generally, oh, my winning days are bigger than my losing days. That's That keeps you from eating like a hummingbird, crapping like an elephant. You really should be trying to push your winning sessions. And the second you feel really bad, quit. But if you're feeling fine and you think, okay, I want to cut this loss in half before I walk out of here – you go ahead and you hang out at the table for another four hours and wait for another spot.
1: Okay, good advice. Right, let's get into me as a guinea pig. We're going to have the last session <laughs> of the day. I've started playing some poker again. There was a live game that I went down to play um Christmas cracker tournament in my uh, local casino. <laughs> <of> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. Uh, no, it was like a hundred. Uh, what was it? hundred? No, hundred hundred buy-in, hundred plus ten Rick, That was it. And it was um, twenty-five thousand guaranteed or something. I think it was. Wow. Yeah, it that was. Nice. Yeah, I like. It. Yeah. So I went down to play it, and it was, saw a few old faces, guys that I used to play with all the time. I've not played live locally in like four years, so it was good to see some, you know, some faces again. Have a joke, etc. We sit down and play, and I got a great table draw. There was this guy I know well; he's a good guy, really. He was drunk, aggressive. He's a good player, but he was just splashing around. So it was a great table. And um, I'm sitting down. It was like twenty thousand starting stack, and uh, we're playing away, playing away. The blinds are one and two, second level. And it's like, raise the 400, uh call, 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 four callers. I'm on the button, six, five of clubs, I call. Uh, the small blind folds, and the big blind um, makes it up. And I flop the nuts. Um right. seven, seven, three,
0: four.
1: Mm. Uh, I got six, fiver of clubs. And rainbow, seven, three, four rainbow. How many big blinds so do you parks... have
0: right now? Sorry, I missed that. W- what's that? How many
1: big blinds do you have right now? Oh, like two, uh, like a hundred. Uh, I, I got twenty. Okay, a hundred, a hundred. two. Okay, thank you. That's
0: so. a big difference. For some reason, I can remember one hundred and two under that. That was yeah. Okay, continue.
1: So anyway, it goes check, 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 check right around to the guy before me. This Italian guy, fifties, nice. bald-headed Italian guy, and the pot is like. Oh, let me get it right. I think the pot is like. Three thousand, like two thousand eight hundred, two thousand seven hundred, whatever. Mm-hmm. He just bets his stack all in, sixteen thousand something. I'm starting right? to wonder where
0: the question is, but okay. I can... Right.
1: So uh, there's no, no. I, I just this is a bit of nonsense for a laugh. I said I'd mention it on the next show. Oh, okay. So obviously I've got the nuts all in for like I think I had like nineteen something at the point, nineteen thousand six hundred all in, and the big blind's tanking. Wow. I'm like, Fucking hell! Wow, what's going on here? <laughs> So he eventually folds, and it goes fold, fold, comes out the guy, and I'm like that, ah, you know, nuts, and then the guy's got six, seven, top pair in the gut shot, and uh, the turn's a seven, river's a seven, for <laughs> <well. laughs> So, that's uh, me down by, to like... By the way, yeah. how'd you leave the table? No, I had 3,000 oh,
0: 3, chips. How'd you, did you congratulate him after he won? Because that's a big deal.
1: No, it just says, ah, oh, nice, or something ah, else. That's fine,
0: that's, fine. that's yeah. fine. What you can't do is,
1: what were you doing, bro? No, everyone else did that for oh, me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anyone, you want to look like a real stud at the table, when they start giving you crap, uh, when they start giving him crap, you go, you know, and Dennis does this a lot. We were talking about Dennis doing this. You know, it's like, you paid the buy-in, you do whatever yeah. you want, man.
1: I actually I said something like, it's his money or something. Yeah, exactly. that don't say like, that
0: because it sounds like, ha, 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 he's losing his money. Ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> so he paid the buy-in, he can do whatever yeah. he wants. He felt that was yeah. the right move. That was his decision. You let him do it, you know? And then yeah. this kind of shows, uh, it, 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 this gets the floor on your side. Cause the floor always has to mitigate these altercations when somebody did something that was a social faux pas. And uh, you are showing, I will not play into that game. I'm here just to keep the game going. And this will, if you get into like a tough spot where you screwed up something and the floor has the the ability to kill your hand, you will want to have been this guy earlier, you know? So it gives you the benefit of the doubt. They know you're not angle shooting. They know you're not trying to ruin the game or anything like that. But you handled that very well, Barry. I'm very proud of your bad beat. That's, yeah. that's an excellent bad beat story. That's an excellent bad beat story. Normally when people tell me bad beat stories, I wanna punch them, but this one was hilarious because it didn't end the way I thought it was going to. So that was excellent.
1: And it was uh it was a re entry anyway, so I lost that yeah, out,
0: about five, six
1: hands later. I re entered, played around and uh, then we I got a, I went out, I shoved like twelve big blinds ace queen um, and walked into ace king and ace king yeah. and uh, yeah. so that was that so but anyway the, the hand i want to talk about so i've been dabbling i went on played some poker stars zoom and went on like a crazy heater with like 100 nl just gambling and running it up and did really well um over a few days
0: What's that? <laughs> Poker Stars wants you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a So I uh, no,
1: no. yeah, that, <laughs> that's it. So I was like, okay, let's you know, let's play some tournaments and stuff. So I've just been dabbling, you know, just playing like some fifty fives, the big one o nine stuff, like that. and I've had quite a few deep runs, some caches, etc. And then I played that Monday Million yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two fifteen buying, twenty six thousand players. Uh 460k for first, you know. Um so I played that and I got down to like six thousand seven hundred players left. The money doesn't start till three thousand seven hundred odd, you know. So I'm still three thousand off the money, whatever. But um first of all, in the tournament, fat fingers from not playing online or whatever, I had that table up. I had I think it was the hot fifty-five. And a table of zoom-up, right? So I had three tables going. And I'm playing. And I click back to the Monday Million table. And just as I clicked on someone's someone's three-bet, and I fucking four-bet <laughs> half my stack with queen three of clubs, right? From middle position, I'm like, fuck, you are kidding me. Like, it has to be this tournament. So it goes round to the original Razor, who moves in. And then the next guy calls, but I've got them both covered. I had eight thousand something at the start of the hand. I've literally played a few hands, you know. I've been okay. playing tight. It's like third level or something. No, the blinds were six and one twenty, uh, sixty one twenty. I'm like, for fuck's sake, it's now. I'm called three thousand to win sixteen thousand, right? Yeah, go for it. So I'm like, I've got, I've got to call it. It leaves me nineteen hundred chips All with right, the blinds. Right. I've got ten big blinds or fourteen big blinds or whatever. I'm like. Fucking hell, so call, anyway. <laughs> the, the first, and I type misclick, lol, you know, in the yeah. chat. <laughs> and um, the guy, the original Razor's got jacks, and the other guy's got ace, A, off. Fuck oh knows God. what that was about, right? God. So I'm like, here, here we go, queen one time, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, I play, I don't hit anything. The Jack, uh, the ace, eight actually, hits an ace on the river and wins <laughs> it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously, stars, right? <laughs> um, so that was A, and then that guy's out. So I'm down to, like, 1,900 chips, and the blinds are 6,120, and I'm like, for fuck, I'm like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to double this, I'm going to get this up. So anyway, long story short, I managed to, to run that back up to, like, 8, 9k in the space of, like, 40 minutes, and I, went, and, I, and I get going in the tournament, I actually, you know, get going, and I built it up to, I had 14 big blinds. And I'm under the gun plus two. I jam pocket eights. And King 10 off calls me on the button. Fuck knows what that's about <laughs> as well. And I hold. I hold. My eights hold. And I'm up to 30, I'm up to 30k now. And uh, playing along and going well. So here's the hand, right? That I'm thinking what happened here okay. and stuff, right? I think, you know, let, let's go over it. And I've got my own opinion as well, obviously. Um, So I've got 30k. The blinds are... Six hundred, twelve hundred, with whatever the ante was, you know. And uh, I'm under the gun plus two. I've got six seven of spades. Okay, I got twenty five big blinds. Now I min raise it here. I I opened it min raise.
0: Planet. Yeah. Hard hand to make work. Yeah, uh, especially with your stack size. But okay, continue. Yeah.
1: So anyway, I didn't. So we're going to have to deal with it.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just letting you know that's. the... <laughs> I know. I was on
1: phone to my mate after. I says, you know, I think it's maybe because I've been playing a lot of cash. I'm like, you know, I'm looking back, it's not normally my style with 25 big blinds anyway. In a you know what I mean? So, anyway, I did. I did. So, I opened 6 7 of Spades under a Gun Plus 2. Comes to the guy in the cutoff. He, mate, I've made it 2,000, obviously. So, um, he, so it was, sorry, it was 2.5x. Yeah.
0: I made it 2.5. You made, 3, makes... you made it 3000
1: No no I made it No that's so, so I thought yeah. I thought the blinds
0: were 6, six uh, 600 1,
1: 1200 No 600 1200 so I made it I made it 3000 You made it
0: 3000 I did Yeah, yeah I made I, it yeah, 3000 That's not I don't know the the only problem is a lot of people can three bet that now yeah. They do that. So a lot of times I just open a 3.6k. Thir- yeah. I had to hand range. on my
1: phone, but I I made a note to read out on the podcast, so it was easier. Yeah. 1200. Yeah. yeah. I I make it 2000.
0: Yeah. Okay. You make it. The so yeah. blinds are five. Five hundred. Six hundred. No,
1: the blinds are six hundred. Twelve hundred. I've made it two thousand.
0: So I've I've made Less it two x. You raised two point four k. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, make it, make it three point six K because everybody just goes, "What the hell is this?" and then the big line just calls you for yeah. some reason.
1: So anyway, the guy in the cutoff. Makes if you it 5, are going 6K. to
0: play, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: He makes it fifty six hundred.
0: All right, party. And I
1: call the three. Two point four to
0: five point six.
1: No, I've made it two thousand, Alex. Two, so two point four. I've made two point five X. is what I've done. Okay,
0: so if you made it two point five, <laughs> okay. I'm going to repeat this. What are the blinds? 600,
1: 1,200.
0: So you made it how much?
1: Sorry, yeah, i confused myself. <laughs> no. I made it 2,000.
0: Okay. If the blind, if the big blind is 1,200. No, I made it 3,000. Sorry, okay, sorry. 3. 3, now, what is the three bet to? 56. 56. So he clicked it back to you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, so you fall.
1: So I call thirty six more. That's okay, okay. Sorry, I'm, okay, I'm reading between a hand history and a thing, and I've not read the right bit. I'm reading okay. that from the notepad. That's hand. okay, folks. Pull, Stop, pull buddy. Continue. Yeah, I call thirty six more, and the flop is six five nine rainbow.
0: Six five nine rainbow, and you have six seven. Do you have a backdoor flush draw?
1: Yeah, backdoor flush draw. Uh-huh. Yeah, five
0: spades. All right.
1: So I check, and he bets eight thousand nine hundred.
0: It's aces. It's a, uh it's a. So I'm
1: letting you know. I I jammed twenty four k. Yeah. What's he have? Uh he's got queens. Damn it!
0: So far off. Uh, anyway,
1: same thing. But yeah. damn it. Okay. So with a pair and a gut shot, I was sitting thinking, and I kind of talked myself like this is my thought process. All right, when I was playing. Okay. I was playing this tournament, and I thought I played these tournaments before, and I like. You know, I don't want to get down to the fucking eight, nine big blank shit, and I'm just, you <laughs> That's know, a great
0: time, trying, dude. I think I read right? that in one of Jonathan Little's books. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's like I'm trying to fucking survive and do this, and I'm like, this shot I play like like you say, I I should have folded. I think six seven suited, right? I've yeah, I, I I
0: think like I fold there about seventy five percent of the time. When I do open there. Uh, but once,
1: once whatever in me is taken over, and I've made, you know, I'm in the pot. Mm. I checked it, and I said, if he bets here, you know, if I look, and I look at his bet, and I thought, you know, I'm I'm going to put this in with middle pair and the gutshot. Yeah, yeah, I was like, really, thing,
0: according to card runners, Ev Calcs, like people play way too passively in that spot. There's a lot of times you have enough equity to make the exact move. You did. Yeah. I can just tell you from playing a lot of poker and. uh, with just the field, the field tendency is, like, if it's a min-click back and then it's just this big-ass bet on the flop, uh, yeah. and he didn't, like, you know, he didn't piddle around. He didn't go 6.2 or something like that. He went yeah. 8.8. The other thing is he didn't go for a solid number. He didn't go for, like, 9K. You know, he yeah. it, it, it didn't go, like, 9K, put up or shut up, right, which some yeah. people will do with an overpair, but he's he's kind of, like, trying to sell you a used car. You know, he's like, come on, put your money in. It's fine. It ain't nine. It's eight point eight. You know, and then that to me just screamed aces. But I, I, it's pretty ballsy to do that with queens. I would bet anything if you looked at this guy's Sharkscope, scope. He's probably got under a thousand games played because it, he, that's a very overvaluing. uh that, that is a gross overvaluing of queens. You know, just the oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him in. You know, this is nuts, yeah. right? And then. I mean, it's not a gross over-evaluation, but it is is—it uh, is pretty optimistic, just to think, I'll price everybody in with my queens. That being mm-hmm. said, I'm really glad that a three-bet, because one new trend these days is you just, you know, under the gun, plus one opens, and you have queens, and you flat from, you know, MP2, and then five other people come along, and it's like, well, I guess these are worthless. Then, uh-huh. But you know the board comes seven five three and the guy just doesn't let go. And then meanwhile, you know you started the WPT with two hundred big blinds. Now you have one hundred and thirty because uh-huh. you just you know you you couldn't let go of your overpair. But yeah, that uh, no that was a fun ant Thank you for bringing it to me. And then uh, in the
1: future, fold the six seven.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, fold the six seven. Well, you should fold it like a good question is always how often do I open here? Because the answer mm. should never be hundred percent right? And if you just find yourself doing it pretty much whenever it's dealt to you, you're not playing quality tournament poker. And then yes. when you do play, ask yourself, could I adjust the race sizing for my aim? So a lot of times I'll open with my entire range there to 3x because if I play a big pot with the top of my range, I'm cool with that. And if I play a big pot but it's a heads-up pot with a suited connector, I'm cool with that in position. Yeah. But what I don't want is a little 3 that, that Like that was... you. On paper, I'm sure if we put the three betting range to twelve percent, what you did is fine. I just, from my personal experience, I felt like this is going to be an overpair. It was kind of a lucky guess, but mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure if we put that in Crev, yeah, it's not. Well, I was thinking <laughs> it's
1: overpair it already folds. You yeah, know, exactly. already. Automatically- or if he does have the overpair, I still go out. So sort of yeah, you use but Which, what,
0: what you're trying to compute for there is a lot of bet folds, which does send your profit margin skyrocketing. But mm-hmm. uh, it, I don't know that this is really the limitation of Card Runners EV. It does take a professional uh, poker player to sit there and go, how often does he yeah. fold, right? And that I, I can get into long. Well, I think I think I,
1: never with an over. For that quality of field and the way I'd watched that table I was playing on, yeah. For for that, there's he folds an overpair there, fucking zero percent. Oh, of course, of, of
0: course. What's his uh, what, what was his three bet percentage? Do you remember that? No, I, I was playing on. I was playing without a HUD. On, okay, uh, you're on, on your tablet. With, yeah. yeah. No, just on
1: Kiki a... blinders. No, it's <laughs> yeah. it's uh, uh I it was a MacBook and I don't have any software on it. Ah, okay. Yeah,
0: that sounds yeah. fun. It sounds like like when I play poker online now, you know, I'm probably gonna start with the Twitch thing and everything again. And then, you know, that's kind of like you gotta get prepared, you gotta loosen up, you know. And then uh, you you just like sit on your couch upside down and raise calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's awesome, man. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. all right, we yeah. should wrap this one up. Uh, yeah, that's it.
1: Okay, so I've been I've been. Alex has been kind to me there, but I've got yeah. my medicine. Yeah, oh, okay.
0: okay. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, it's not an egregiously bad hand. Like there's a lot of pros that would argue for exactly what you did. I disagree with them, but it, it's it's not like See, it's not like you should try to. Is you know,
1: this is the thing, and I don't know if this is a cop out or not, but if I was still playing the 180s for a 11, whatever, I'd be beating myself up so much about yeah, that. True. It's true. But because it's completely recreation for me, now, I'm like, well, oh, whatever. If I, you know, if I got lucky, I, I don't want to play bad poker. But in the flip side, I'm like, well, you know, I I did call the three bet, and I'm happy jamming it after it. So right, it exactly.
0: Like, no, I I feel the same way. People go, why do you work so hard on the business side of things? It's like, well, when I go to Prague, I don't want my life hinging on whether I win a poker tournament or not. That's not yeah, that's not yeah. that's that's a beautiful way to to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a pleasant feeling. And, you know, I mean, if this were the old days, if I'd made a final table and, like, just lost a flip at the beginning and some guy said I folded the exact hand you're against, that was the two overs, and then the guy still hit it, no problem, that's all I'd be thinking about for 20 days. You know, now I just I don't care. I mean, it happened. Obviously, I wish I got to play, like, four-handed, three-handed heads up just as uh, a great lover of short-handed poker. But... You know, if it happens, it happens. It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's that's really good that you you're in that. Well, box. it was even it was even that
1: beat in the casino live that I'm saying as well. People were like to me. Gee, like how could you? Oh, that's so bad. And I'm like, oh, I says, you know, I've been away four years. It's obviously still the same. I'm like, yeah, you know, if I still if I was so heavily emotionally invested in I, as I was when I used to play all the time. I genuinely used to be think like, like, you almost felt like Matso when he's crying. Like, why is he going to who he, who, who, you know? I'm like, no, nah, I'm like, well, whatever. It wasn't even that, like, mach- yeah, math, exactly. so I was like, whatever, you know? It's yeah, like, so, I mean, you happen?
0: want to take it serious enough that you're having fun, you're learning. Yeah. you far, yeah. but you
1: can't. I want to win, but I'm not going to hang myself if yeah, I exactly. don't. You know? No, there's a
0: lot of. I mean, at these poker tournaments, I got the cold shoulder, and I got a lot of people kind of saying some things I didn't really appreciate because they don't like how much I coach. And I'm just kind of I'm, I'm thinking, first of all, could you imagine chess without chess books? Uh, uh-huh. you, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm, I'm sorry, that's my default. I mean, somebody just pointed that out to me the other day, and now I can't stop hearing it. And uh, anyhow, but there's. There, there's you have to diversify I, you have to have a rich life outside of poker that doesn't mean you can't be a professional poker player but you have to have other things you do that give you joy and if those make you money that's even better and you know fortunately you and I both have a job we really enjoy I really like helping people play better poker and enjoy poker because I love poker Poker's given me everything I have uh, you love your antiques and going to, you know, the old Shaolin temples in China <laughs> to try to find those ancient vases or vases. I'll, I'll accept either pronunciation, but, uh, yeah, it, it, whatever you do. No, but I, I know you really like the wheeling and dealing and, you know, working on it. And uh, yeah. this is something you guys don't know about Barry, but Barry and I were talking, uh, as we're prone to do, and he was talking about, Uh, this old lady was closing up shop on a house and she was just trying to get rid of everything in the house and Barry knew she didn't know a whole bunch. So, you know, she took her for, he took her for everything she was worth. No, but like (laughs) he he was, uh, no, but he was setting things up. So, you know, this woman got what was fair, but he also got his fee. And that's like, that's the best work you can do. It's like, well, you're helping people, you're making money, you're doing something that's useful. That is something that needs to be done, you know, at some point. And it, it's, she hired a professional to come do it, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. a, there's stuff like that. You know, if you enjoy your work, then poker is just the greatest game in the world. I love playing cards when it's kind of a break from yeah. my work. Yeah. I hate playing cards when it's like, that's all I can do. It's like,
1: oh. well, I enjoy it again. You know what yeah, I, mean? that, exactly. I stopped playing because I stopped enjoying it. That part of you it. Remember you remember know?
0: when we started this podcast, it was just the I Hate Poker podcast. I was just yeah. playing 60 hours a week. I was like, I hate this game. It's all a joke. Nobody has money. And yeah, yeah no, things have changed, you know, a, a brief 117 episodes later, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're good to go. All right, let's wrap this up. Okay, all right, Alex, how can people get in touch with you
1: for coaching, webinars, all your good stuff, your newsletter, especially, uh, we got a good newsletter from Alex over Christmas as well, those that are part of the newsletter, and uh, oh, it's a free newsletter as well, I read that one.
0: You enjoyed it? I eat
1: them all. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Clean, clean your clean your house. Clean your room. yeah. It was about
0: cleaning room. It was yeah. And I, I was really I was really proud of that article. I'm actually looking forward to cleaning up my place a little bit this morning because woo boy, three people in a. I have a one bedroom condo with a uh, a kitchen that looks like a galley for three people. Do you know what a galley is? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Anyway, no, I just, I realized that's an obtuse word or whatever the app you would call it. But, yeah, anyway, that my kitchen is, like, it looks like an alleyway chopped in half in, like, a very tough part of Hong Kong. And then, oh, by the way, there's a burner here that can burn your hand off. But, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, and, it, you know, I, I really like doing that article. That was really fun. I appreciate y'all reading it. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want to get in touch with me, write me at alex at pokerheadrush.com. I uh, do realize it is the holiday, so I'm a little backed up. I did, you know, I did turn off my computer for a few days, even though uh, I didn't really want to and, you know, actually had had time with the family and all that. But, yeah, I should be getting back to work today. Uh, and, yeah, I'll be getting back to all of you. Uh, be sure to go to pokerenderish.com and check out the blog. Some people really enjoy the trip reports. We post some of the strategy articles there, the rap battles. The links to everything else, the uh, to the Twitter page, to the uh, to the coaching YouTube site, and all that Twitch and all that good stuff. So uh, be on the lookout for all that stuff. Check out that website and uh, sign up for my newsletter. Get uh, I sent a free strategy article for Christmas. I had a lot of fun writing it, and uh, I think you guys would enjoy it too.
1: Okay. Um. Keep your questions coming in for Alex. on um, The next show will be 2017. Um, ah, wow
0: yeah yeah <laughs> and uh,
1: it's crazy um we have been doing this a long time yes, we um yeah okay keep your questions coming in Alec, uh, alex you know I, I'm, I'm, where we have your email address questions at com it is on email or you can tweet them at com or post them in the facebook group until next week thanks for listening uh everyone have a great new year
0: and we'll see you all in 2017 cheers
1: astrovi
0: Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super-fast three-player online poker set-and-go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.